Welcome back to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast, episode 88 on Thursday, June 8th. Aaron Brightman, co-owner, co-founder, host of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast, and appreciate you being here. Sorry I'm a little late on Thursday. Wanted to wait until after the Big Ten made its big announcement for the 2024-2025 seasons. Football opponents, nine conference games remains, divisions go away. USC and UCLA are added. So lots of breakdown from a Rutgers perspective. Wanted to touch on the conference in general as well. I did think, you know, it's it's scheduling. I, I'm fascinated by scheduling. I'm fascinated by standings. I love Big Ten standings where it's just one long list. You don't have to worry about divisions. I love looking at the other sports when you see, you know, obviously Big Ten had a max of 14 teams, but other sports sometimes there's 10, 12, whatever. Basketball is my favorite because, you know, it's all 14 teams. And now football, we're going to be able to look at the same. It's going to be 16. You'll see that obviously with basketball and other sports too now. When USC and UCLA come aboard for the 24-25 school year. But with football, you know, divisions, it's no no secret, right? The East Division was really – it was um, it was a crutch for Rutgers football. It really was. It was a very difficult thing to ever get around with – Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State on your schedule every year. Then Maryland, and you know, in recent years, Michigan State's kind of fallen back, and Indiana kind of into another category. But you know, when Rutgers first joined, that first probably six years, Michigan State really was up in that that tier with Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. So it was a brutal schedule forever, and Rutgers now. Doesn't have to deal with that. They did protected rivalry. So they did 11 protected matchups. It's called Flex Protect. <laughs> I'm sure that was hours and hours of, of branding. Uh, and Rutgers got Maryland, as they should have. Makes the most sense. People are speculating they get Penn State too. I, I It was kind of interesting. I mean, every school got at least one protected uh, pairing, one protected rivalry game, so to speak, except for Penn State. Penn State and Ohio State has been a land-grant rivalry forever, and that that got taken away, so that was surprising. But, no, I, I don't think Rutgers and Penn State made sense, really, uh, because I think if, you know, just Penn State has too many other kind of established. They've been in the conference for 30 years at this point. So Rutgers and Maryland make the most sense. They came into the league together. They're geographically the closest. You know, if you, if you put Rutgers just with Penn State, who would you put Maryland with? It didn't really make sense. So Rutgers and Maryland together make sense. So they are protected essentially forever. They are an annual matchup. They will rotate home and away. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be the last game of the season like they have been recently. I, I do like that idea, um, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. We did not get um, actual schedules today. It was just opponent matchups. And we'll see what happens there. But um, – Rutgers got one protected rivalry game, and then each school got three home-and-home home series, basically, for the next two seasons, meaning 24 and 25. And Rutgers got, ironically, Penn State and UCLA, along with Maryland. So, you know, obviously Penn State is a tough home-and-home home to have. You play every team in the Big Ten, so all 15 teams you'll play at least once over that two-year stretch. You'll play three teams twice. 
UCLA is fun. You know, UCLA going to the Rose Bowl for that way game in 2025. They host them in Piscataway in 2024. I, I like that. That That's cool. I like that they got UCLA, something different, something fun. There's going to be a lot of hoopla involved in UCLA's first season and second season. And Rutgers fans get a tremendous trip out of it to the Rose Bowl. So that's exciting. Uh, Penn State, you know, you could do without, but it is what it is. And, you know. I, I like someone's comment. I can't remember who said it, but uh, I read it somewhere saying, you know, it just gives us more chances to finally break through and finally beat them. So you won't have Penn State twice after 2025. So that will go away. So I'll have them once every two years and eventually get them back for the home and home. But uh, yeah, I like that thinking. And then uh, you have Maryland, like we talked about. So in specific, just want to see if I'm missing anything here. Uh I thought overall the Big Ten, you know, schedules are like a maze. They're a puzzle. And I thought overall they did a re relatively good job. Uh, one thing that's interesting, 2024. So all the Big Ten East teams, only, uh, five of them, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, and Indiana, none of them are playing more than four former Big Ten East foes in 24, except – Michigan State and Rutgers. So Michigan State is actually playing all six Big Ten East teams in 2024. So I do feel bad for them. They did get, I thought, an easier West schedule. They got Northwestern. Uh, who else did they get? They got um, someone else not too terrible. Uh, Nebraska, Illinois, and Purdue. Excuse me. That's who they got. Rutgers on the flip side, you know, got UCLA, Iowa, and Illinois. Keeping Iowa is pretty tough. And then Rutgers got five of the six Big East, Big Ten East foes. And the one they didn't get was Indiana. <laughs> so, you know, I tweeted about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. You know, you hear that Rutgers, the, the divisions go away. We're like finally happy. And then what does the Big Ten do? They give us all the same East opponents, but they take away the one team that Rutgers has beaten the last two seasons out of the East, Indiana. And they replace it essentially with UCLA, and they keep Iowa on the schedule. You know, Iowa is that, that six-year crossover opponent. That goes away now, um, but they do get Iowa in 24. They get them in 23. They got them in 22. But they, they're not on the schedule in 25. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, 24 is brutal. 24 – you could argue, depending on how UCLA is going to be, uh, and you probably, you know, you would think with Chip Kelly they're going to be better than Indiana's been. That will be probably the toughest schedule Rutgers has ever had in the Big Big, e, uh, Big Ten uh, since joining. So that's certainly, you know, we'll be able to go through it throughout the offseason as 23 goes through. But, you know, people saying that, you know, Shiano potentially would be on the hot seat after – 2023, if they, if they don't make a bowl or they don't make progress. I mean, 2024 is a brutal schedule. So I do think that that, first of all, I didn't agree with the idea that Shiano would be on the hot seat. I, I don't think he would be. And I don't even know if he should be in 2024 based on 23. But with that schedule, I, I, I don't even think it's really a, a fair option because that's just a brutal schedule that will be the hardest they've had since the Big Ten uh, joining in 2014. In 2025, the schedule opens up a lot more. It's a lot more manageable. There is no easy schedule in the Big Ten. But for Rutgers, 
it's a lot better in 2025. You only play three former East foes. You play Indiana, you play Penn State, and Maryland. So we knew they had Maryland and Penn State with the home and home and Maryland being the protected. But then you get Indiana back, and you finally get Ohio State and Michigan off the schedule, along with Michigan State, and then also, uh, yeah, those those three. So that's big. Now, I would argue that getting USC, uh, which you do get at home, and then you're traveling to uh, UCLA. Uh, excuse me, I, I want to mention Wisconsin. So you're you're adding uh, home games with USC and Wisconsin. You're losing Michigan and Ohio State. I honestly think that's kind of a wash. Wisconsin in year three with Luke Fickle, I think could be really good. Uh, Ohio State's obviously a powerhouse, but USC is, you know, going to be a, a perennial top 10 team. So you lose two perennial top 10 teams, but at that point, Wisconsin's going to be pretty close, I think. So I think that's kind of a wash where it does get better is, you know, you are on the road against uh, Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska. Maybe Nebraska will be trending way up at that point with Matt Rule. That's possible. But you do get Maryland at home, Purdue at home. Those are two winnable games at home. And then even though you do have to play USC and Wisconsin, you do get them at home. So certainly more manageable, but I think Maryland and Purdue at home, Northwestern on the road, Nebraska on the road, Indiana on the road. Those are those are winnable games. That's about as, as good as it's ever going to get probably in the Big Ten uh, in 2025. So 2024 looks really, really tough. 2025, definitely room for optimism uh, in terms of if all things come together, if recruiting comes together, if the roster comes together, if the coaching staff holds intact, Rutgers could, I think, finally break through with Shiano 2.0 in 2025. One thing to note with the non-conference in 2024, they do play Akron and they're at Virginia Tech in 2024. They do have four Big Ten road games five home games. So that's good in terms of balance. And then in 2025, the only non-conference game they have scheduled so far is a home game with Ohio. So it'll be interesting to see their philosophy moving forward with those two non-conference schedules in 24 and 25. Now that they know their opponents in the big 10, those years, uh, obviously 24, you know, you've Akron, you Virginia at Virginia tech. There is no rule that you can't schedule an FCS team. So I think it's probably likely They'll schedule a home game against the FCS team in 24. And then 25, you have two open games. Uh, you do have five Big Ten road games that year. Uh, and you already have a home game with Ohio. So are you able to get two more home games? Probably will dip back into that FCS pool. Um, but that other game, what do they do? That was originally Boston College, which got moved to 2026. So we'll see what happens there. Something to think about. But overall, uh, you know, pretty obvious. 2024 is looking really difficult. 2025, definite reason for optimism. Uh, in terms of week-to-week uh, -week schedule, one thing that they did not cover, which I think will make a big impact, is how the schedule actually plays out week-to-week. -week. When does the bye game happen? When do they have to travel out west to UCLA in 2025? How are, you know, the months stacked up? Uh, that's going to be obviously a huge uh, major factor in how the overall schedule plays out. Uh, and we won't get that for a while. So, and of course, you know, TV and kickoff times and all that will be established, you know, much farther out, closer to when the actual season begins. 
But I do think the week-to-week outline is telling and important to note, and we don't have that yet. So that does leave a little bit um, of a variable, kind of an X factor that we're not aware of. Uh, So we'll see, wait and see there. But overall, you know, I think from Rutgers' perspective, I think getting Maryland as your rival, uh, your your flex-protected game is a good thing. Um, in terms of how much that's going to blossom into an actual rivalry, I don't know. Should there be a trophy? People are saying, I don't, I don't know. I've had people pitch me trophy ideas in the past. I've, I've never been that into it, to be honest. Um, I, I do like the idea of making it the last game of the season, but we'll see if they actually do that. You know, it's it, like I said, scheduling is a puzzle, and I think it's going to be difficult to do that every year just based on they'd have to kind of match it up with another protect the rivalry, I think, uh, to, to balance it out, to be able to do it. So um, we'll see what, what what they end up doing. But overall, I think Maryland as your rival is a good thing. It's a manageable game. It's not an easy game. There are no easy games. But overall, you know, it's a lot better than getting Penn State, which I said didn't make sense. But still, if they got stuck with Penn State year after year after year, yes, it would be, you know, something to look forward to. It would be something to aim for in terms of finally beating them once again. First time ever as a Big Ten rival. But at the same point, to have a manageable schedule year after year, to have them off that uh, is is a good thing. So in addition, I think that uh, having um, the different opponents, having it wide open now, uh, playing all 15 teams once over two years is a really good thing. I think that was a must. I know there's a lot of you know talk and 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 thoughts on future expansion. Uh, there was a report this week that that they're vetting 10 to 12 other schools about a potential, you know, uh, adding them to the league. Uh, I, I think maybe eventually the end game is 20 teams, which would be four additional games. Uh, but we'll see. For now, you know, they did only schedule out through 2025, so perhaps. That is in the cards for 26, but the way it is now, I do like the overall structure and getting out of the Big Ten East is obviously a positive for Rutgers, and that's a that's a big win. We needed it to happen. It finally did. We don't see much of the benefit of that. We don't see any benefit of that in 2024, but in 2025, it really does open up. Again, it's never easy. Some of those, you know, former West teams that, you know, playing at Nebraska will not be easy with Matt Rule there if he's able to turn the program around the way he, you would expect them to, you know, hosting Wisconsin and USC. It's not an easy schedule, but comparatively to what it's been with the Big Ten East and what it looks like in 24, it's a breath of fresh air. And hopefully going into year six of Greg Schiano, that can be the year that the program can really make a leap up in the Big Ten standings and as a program and hopefully, knock on wood, become that annual bowl team six wins or more year after year. I think, I think it gives hope that it's possible. So I think those are my thoughts for now. We'll have plenty more uh, on the big 10 scheduling philosophy. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with men's basketball. Women's basketball too is going to be really interesting and all the other sports. There's obviously a lot of logistical challenges with having two teams in the West coast, but there'll be plenty more to discuss in the future. And appreciate you listening and watching once again on Scarlet Faithful Podcast, and I'll be back tomorrow.